Hello and welcome back to the Bring It All Back Home podcast. I'm Charles. Uh, we've got another great episode for you today. This is episode seven, uh, reconnecting uh, through this amazing technology with uh, my old friend Roger. Uh, he is going to join our conversation about some of the things he's involved in. Um, there are quite a lot of things Roger's been involved in uh, when it comes to photography, music, video making, working on different types of TV projects, different movies. Uh, it goes literally on and on. Uh, I, I'm going to include a link uh, for where uh, Roger has some of his stuff listed on the IMDB site. Uh, but yeah, we're going to jump in uh, and hopefully uh, this will be not just the first, but uh, an episode that will begin uh, the conversation with down uh, in Florida with Roger, uh, who, of course, um, you'll find out is from South Jersey or that disputed point, which we'll get into just above LBI. So I hope you enjoy this uh, episode seven, uh, reconnecting with Roger down in Miami Beach. Uh, and uh, can't wait. Here we go. I'm coming back right after this break. Got photography, music, bring it all back home. <laughs> I don't know what the heck I'm saying. Uh, anyway, talk, uh, <laughs> we, we, we're going to talk. We're going to talk boats, cars, yes, and beer. Also, just to round it all yes, out. Yes, okay, I think we should. Y- yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, you, you sound nice and clear, and uh, we'll we'll jump in. So, uh, Roger, thanks for coming on board to the uh, Bringing It All Back Home podcast. Um, yeah, what's uh, what do you got going on today? What's what's uh, what's lined up? We got uh, some crazy lightning and clouds out to the west, but it's sunny here. So, you know, it's always you're always torn on whether you should get out on the water and do something or not. So, yeah, you know, it's on a, an in-between day. I see. I so see. I, yep. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, your, your idea for this podcast is such a, a good idea, but it's going to definitely change direction quickly. That's my <laughs> prediction. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's 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 a that's something I'm I'm looking forward to. You know, cool. All right. So so here is Miami, Miami Beach. Okay. Yeah. No, I thought we were uh, gonna keep our hearts in Jersey, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm down here in Miami Beach. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's dark and cloudy and stormy west, and sunny and blue to the east. Okay. And uh, sitting on the water here right now, talking to you. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's bring it all back to uh, to Jersey. So if, yeah, if you want, let's start with uh, growing up in South Jersey. Well, you know, that's part of the discussion here, I think, is north versus south versus central. You know, I'm a little bit north of where you were or where you are now. So, But I, it's still South Jersey. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, you're on the coast. Uh, but, we, but we called them Bennies, not Shoebies. So I think that's an important distinction. Right, right. and that, that happens, I guess, north of LBI it becomes Bennies, I suppose. Right, the Barnegat Inlet divides it all. <laughs> the Benny Shuby divide. <laughs> yep. yep, they could stand on each side of the inlet and they yell at each other <laughs> in uh, in North Jersey accents or Philadelphia accents, whatever you want. Right, right, right. Pork roll versus uh, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, so so um, growing up there uh, in uh, Spring Lake, I guess is that is that correct? Ish. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's it. So right, right. That's my uh, that's my childhood home until leaving there probably after high school, not too long after high school. And uh, so I still have, you know, thousands of photos of Asbury Park in various states of disrepair and being uh, repaired. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
well, let, that's a great uh, jumping point. Maybe where, uh, since you were taking photos in high school, what, what prompted you to get into taking photos? Uh, taking yearbook photos led to a job. So there you have it. You know, great little local, little, yeah, great little local photography guy pushed me and pushed me to like actually, you know, photograph for him instead of just, you know, using him to get all the free black and white film I want to develop. And, uh, so yeah, I actually would then at the end of high school, started traveling to a bunch of other different schools and photographing for him. And that's, uh, and then that's how I put myself through college where I met you. Well, I, I never knew that. I never knew that. Really? So, so uh, you, well, I didn't know you did the yearbook stuff. No. And that's why uh, I would, that's why I would drive away a lot from Glassboro and head to the shore and still try to be back in time in the evening was, uh, was to, yeah, fulfill, uh, you know, maybe two or three assignments every trip. There you go. And so just yeah, I can't believe you didn't okay. know that. Well, it, then again, my memory, you know, it's, it, it's great for podcasts because <laughs> you may have told this before and uh, it's completely gone. But, but, uh, but seriously, when did you get into taking, like, what was your first camera? What made you get a, a you know, get a, get a camera? Well, uh, stealing my dad's cameras when we were little, my brother and I took hundreds and hundreds of photos because in his job is in insurance, he was required to use the old Polaroids. So oh. we would just constantly be taking his camera out the back of his work car. And we had pretty much a full access to all these rolls of film. And because there's no development required, you know, it was instant uh, creation. So yeah, we, we, we did that for the, uh, for many, many years. And then I guess the first real camera would have been uh, uh, Nickermat. Uh, oh, very cool. Yeah, so that would have been then uh, by you know using my dad's camera at first, probably from you know eight to twelve and or fourteen, and then finally getting a camera of my own at fifteen. But by then, when I had met the photographer, uh, Portraits by Michael, that's his name. Uh, by, by meeting him, though, then I had an access to a whole Canon. Uh, like he had a dual set of lenses, top to bottom, and he had multiple bodies. So I could go in there and pick three or four lenses, make a bag, and head off. So. And these, these were still the manual focus lenses, I guess. Yeah. We're still in oh, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. still in yeah. old yeah. format, yeah. not yeah. what is, yeah. what is yeah. the new Canon one or you know, EL or F or whatever it is. But so whatever it was right. before. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did the Polaroids hold up? I, I mean, um, I, I never shot Polaroids growing up, but my folks obviously had a lot of Polaroids. And I was stunned looking through some of them. They just look fantastic. Like there's no fading at all. I, I know, think most uh, of them held up. However, most of the ones I got out of dad's uh, work vehicle uh, were black and white. So I have this huge collection of black and white, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah. That, you know, or maybe, yep. maybe, they were, yep. maybe they were color then and I forgot about them. And they're just, that's what no. they become. So. Yeah, no, uh, we, have all the, the, we have odd ones and they yeah. are still around. Uh, there's, yeah. there's some great color ones when we had to have a uh, Tony the Tiger suit for a promotion. So we have Tony the Tiger doing various things and that's, that's still holding up. So, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So Tony was tied in with your dad. No, I'm sorry, I just jumped oh, no. a little sidetrack there. That was, like a, that was a little side gig we got to provide Tony the Tiger to supermarkets that uh, involved us yeah, photographing no. him with people and then handing someone a frame with a picture and they would head on their way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love the Tony, the tiger stuff. Uh, cool. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I I was just looking up knicker mats on eBay, uh, just the other day. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were really nice looking cameras. Yeah. That, that, that 
split screen viewing field that I became so familiar with in them. And then when I went to other cameras and realized that that was kind of not the norm, it was so, mm-hmm. it was it's such an easy thing for me still. I bet if I grab one today, it's such a, it was a great viewfinder. So, yeah. 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 Oh, very cool. Uh, so uh, at that time, was there an interest in uh, video or, or, or eight millimeter or getting into motion pictures, I guess? <laughs> any, uh, any, anything there as well? Oh, well, we did a lot of video with uh, skateboarding. So there's still, and there's still oh. a bunch of that around. So there's definitely wow. some uh, 80s skateboarding footage. And, uh, and and a little, that actually, when I got to Glassboro, we did a little bit of that in film. But no, it was actually, it was video. Yeah, it was a, you know, a sling on your shoulder of VHS. Yeah. yeah. VHS, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's totally cool. So, but wow. not, not thinking that was a career, just, you know, yeah, that was, yeah, there's a bunch of that around. There's a bunch of, there, there was a really good uh, fiberglass, skate ramp in a guy's backyard like when they disassembled a skate park in new jersey he ended up with this half pipe you know and it was a real nice. half pipe so i have a lot of good black and white photography from there and probably i haven't looked at any video lately but yeah yep awesome awesome and, and uh i i had uh reached out uh just the other day to uh, a, a friend from from high school who was in my photo class and we were talking about darkroom stuff too was was that at, were you able to get into a darkroom back then too uh yeah uh, say, so yeah i yeah. am uh yes michael had a darkroom that was also mainly just for black and white stuff so that was uh usually available and usually pretty freshly chemical so I, it didn't really involve much effort so yes it was easy to pop in there yeah. and do a little something and then it wasn't. In, yeah. And then in college, uh, I would get uh, Kyle to uh, let me yeah. use the dark room when he was in there a little bit. So that was the the only other time I was really. But I was never a, a hardcore dark room guy. And, and was there any particular type of photography you found, uh, whether it was through work or through your own, you know, your own time that you you, you felt like uh, that was calling out to you a bit more, or, or were. Were you open for, uh, for almost anything? Yeah, we were definitely, I, I can definitely say open for anything. You know, I definitely love the rock and roll stuff, and that's why I still end up in a lot of rock and roll situations today. But, uh, but yeah, anything. Nature is, you know, a big, I would say nature is probably 50% of my photography now. So. Yeah, yeah, I could, I, could understand. yeah I could understand that, for sure. Uh, Cool. Uh, great. So, so yeah, um, for people that don't know, uh, could you fill us in on some, some of the many types of, uh, of things that you've been doing? I mean, we could start at any, any time uh, period you want, whether it, it concerns anything, uh, anything graphic, you know, film stills, uh, your, your video productions. I, I yeah, don't know what to tell you. That's a strange, uh, <laughs> such a vague okay. thing to let you know. So, but I could tell you, yeah, it's like, you know, what direction do you want to go, Chuck? So I ended. Well, I, what are you feeling? I, I, well, I ended up living on a boat for a long time because we were trying to get a lot of uh, nature programming and lots of television going on that, and I love that. Uh, that's one direction, but really, uh, I guess I just being a technician on a lot of the major television programs is, you know, career-wise. But it's like, no, well, I thought that doesn't really relate a lot to to your podcast you're going for here but uh sure yeah, sure i don't know, I don't know. where do you which do, what what do you what do you want to talk about <laughs> it's, like, yeah. I, it's just odd to be uh pontificating i feel in a first person yeah. no it's just, no it's just very well, strange to me 
No, no, but that's the fun thing about doing this is like I'm literally just learning as I'm going along, and uh, and, and it's still coming out way better than my expectations. So, so this is still fun, you know, in that sense of uh, I don't quite know what I'm doing, but uh, I'm getting half decent results. You know, I think I think once I completely figure out what I'm doing, I mean, it may, it may not be as fun, you know. But uh, Chuck, <laughs> um, you went, you went. I have like these interesting friends that I've been knowing for the past forty years, and. And they all are in different directions and doing different things, but they're all tied through me. And, uh, you know, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm sure this will turn out to be something interesting. Yeah. And I think like um, the, the, the gentleman, uh, Ribs, who I interviewed from the UK, you know, he said something at the end where he's like, everybody's got a story. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it, it's, it's very true. So, so I think that's, that's something. Oh, that's one of my greatest, uh, you know, ideas now that I would like to possibly pursue is there's, you know, the, the, ultra celebrity world is, you know, the, the, what, can, what can we find that's the complete and utterly polar opposite and, and, and tell those people's yeah. story, which is, you know, the, the, yeah. the, let's find the most unfamous person. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, a, yeah, that's exactly where, uh, to what he was saying. It doesn't have to be this glamorous, uh, you know, or celebrity based thing. Well, that's why um, when you asked so, me and it's like, I felt like you wanted yeah, me to say, well, yeah. you know, uh, well, after I worked on uh, blah, 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 with blah, blah, blah. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Could you give us some Miami Vice stories? Yes, uh, no, but, uh... When Michael Mann asked me to hold his cup of coffee, I knew I had made it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, uh, let's see. We're, 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 well, I, I'd love to know more about the most recent trip you're on, you know, the most recent project. Uh, that, I mean, obviously the Mexico thing or, or, or one, of the, one of the trips. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, actually, the most recent job, we just finished the uh, putting together the Premios Award Show for in Univision. That was all Spanish. So that's uh, it's always fun doing uh, shows in other languages. However, the headset conversation, just for efficiency, is usually English. So no matter, it's funny when you're doing Indian television, you're doing whatever country you're doing, you know, it's, it's less words in English than it is in Spanish. So, yeah. So most 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 of the most of the show that on our end is usually still in English. So but that's what I just did. Uh, but then before that, I was in Mexico for two months, and they had a program, uh, a reality TV program that was Fox was doing there. So they had 133 cameras all recording simultaneously. Well, maybe 110 of them recording simultaneously. Eh, a little more than that. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for six weeks. So, you know, it's always wow. the, the data sizes of that is, is what always boggles the mind is how you keep track of all that and, and, and keep it going in the direction it needs to go to make a successful edit to end up with a successful product with that much, you know, the idea of over-information, over you know. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that, yeah. that's what just went on. So that's robotic cameras working uh, through a uh, – a router that can allow you to control cameras and to view the cameras and make adjustments to them in the blink of an eye, which was really interesting with that many uh, different devices going on. So that was really a, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of fun. So uh, I just to try to get a grasp of. Uh, so when you're over a hundred cameras, uh, how many people are assigned to be remotely adjusting them? Uh, well, or I mean, are they literally like on one screen? You see maybe a grid of fifty or something. Or, or uh, so yeah, yeah. It's really interesting that there is a guy sitting in the row of a television uh, control room 
looking at every one of those cameras and he could literally call and he wanted any given time. But the, you know, the physical impossibility of him being able to scan all of them and make that decision uh, is that they would kind of group them uh, according to uh, different segments or yeah. they would have, yeah. uh, I'm not exactly sure how they were pulling it off in the control room, whether they had a producer making selections for him to view. I, I, that part I can't really help you with. I could just tell you about the actual technical aspect of it. And so it really only required several, a few operators who, because they were able to access every camera at any moment. So there really wasn't that there was 25 camera operators needed to operate a hundred cameras. It was probably done with one, two, three, or four people, depending on what time of day it was. Wow. And, and you were you were literally stationed down there for two months or yeah, yeah, this uh, went on nonstop. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. this went on nonstop. Yeah. Wow. So and then one and then once it actually, you know, begins, uh it's uh it's a it's a nonstop event that you just have to leave even though it's ongoing. That's very strange for me because usually it's you if a show's going on, you're there the entire time. But it's like, no, you kind of do your shift and do your work at the factory and go home and when you come back tomorrow, it's all still there. Uh, so that, that's the, that's the odd, <laughs> yeah. that was only the odd, that was the odd twist that television like that has, but I'm not really used to it. Cause I'm not, that, not normally what I'm doing. <laughs> wow. So, so also too, obviously, uh, or obviously to me, because we, we, you know, we've known each other for a long time. Um, you're still a musician, an active musician. And, 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 you know, that's something that you have a passion for too, with uh, a lot of retro instruments and, uh, uh, uh different types of recording, uh, anything uh, you want to go into on that side uh, these days? Uh, what do I have today? Other than, uh, so in Mexico, I found a, a local instrument uh, that I did my best to get down, and I think I did a pretty good job, uh, Harana Haroka. So Harana Haroka is a uh, eight-stringed, sort of has a size possibly of a, of a uke, you know, so a, a okay. small instrument. Okay. But eight strings and the... the uh, Three sets in the middle are just doubling of the same note. So it's a, and it's not tuned like any of those either. So it's like, it was very interesting. Uh, mainly, I think it was from Veracruz, but I was down in the bottom of the Baja. So one of the drivers that was working with us uh, went home and got an instrument and brought it back to me and lent it to me for the trip. So I, uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Maybe I'll find one here. The neck and the body, all one piece, just carved out of one piece of wood. Nice. And uh, yeah, 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 very interesting. So, uh, and uh, usually played, there's usually no drums. So that instrument becomes the uh, rhythm. You know, you, uh, you play a very tight pattern that matches the dance step. I see. Yeah, down, I up, see. down, up, up, down, down, up, down, up, up, down. Anyway, uh, so there you go. Uh, that's, that's musically lately. Uh, other than that, I have, uh, I'm about to start working on a program called uh, Riena de la Cancion, which is Queen of the Song. And it's uh, like women, very strong Mexican women singing ballads. Uh, and that starts actually uh, Monday. And that goes on for about oh. two months. So that's really, wow. uh, you know, that's, wow. really, that's really cool because uh, it's these big, strong women sometimes in, you know, pop music here. You just see these little small uh, waist-y like people. And so uh, these women are very large and big and not large, might be named correct, but they're just... They look like they could uh, beat you up too sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a great genre to to do. 
So yeah, um, nice. and then uh, music, yeah. other than that, there's some music uh, going on. Uh, see, I have the uh, the Hammond organs turned on in the living room right now. There's a little bit of music oh, nice. happening. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I have a gonna have to take that one apart soon because I think I have uh, one a note bad. So I'm gonna learn a little bit about Hammond repair. I think I took it yeah, apart. I, I think I actually took it apart once when a beer spilt in there. So it's it'll I'm sure it'll all come it, back it, to me. It needed a little cleaning anyway, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember years ago when when you were when you discovered the uh, the the Rickenbacker lap uh, or pedal. I forget. Uh, yeah, lap steel. Yeah, the lap steel, the yeah. Bakelite yeah. lap steel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Nineteen thirty-five, yeah. that they made a pickup in an instrument in a musical instrument that to this day people still want to be able to recreate and make that you know and then how do they get it so right right off the bat 1935 that's always that's yeah. the amazing part of it to me uh right, right. yeah 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 that's that's a that instrument hasn't been out in a couple of weeks because i uh redid my ceiling in the house so i haven't seen that in a little while so there now that we spoke about it probably busted out tonight <laughs> maybe even get okay. maybe give it some new string love or something <laughs> yeah and and a few so 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 many so many different cool uh, and interesting things that uh, you've 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 either worked with or you, you still had an idea of like if you were to put together uh, say an ideal project if you had the time um, would it be to uh, finish the edit about uh, the the guitar maker from New Jersey did that ever oh, oh, no, yeah see that would be a great project yeah. to jump into yeah uh, the wonderful yeah. guitar yeah. maker at the Jersey Shore is uh, Phil Patillo and he makes Phil uh, yeah. these incredible instruments that. Uh, they just be besides lots of you know you could give famous names but just in general he you know made them uh, like a Stradivarius you know he very finely tuned each piece of wood and and he could take bad guitars and make them good and all of that and now his son is uh, running that that business and doing that same fine work uh, yeah no so I, I I kind of felt like I was a little in the way there and I kind of backed off them for a while and of course then sure. you get caught up with a million other projects. So yeah, it would be great to go back right, and right. finish up with Phil and uh, and his wife and his son because they're just wonderful people. So that would be a great thing to do. Well, anyway, well, yeah, that's a glad, again, there's a good topic there. Glad we're uh, sitting here chatting about it. Uh, yeah, I'd love to do a music. Uh, I think I'd love to do a, 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 a live uh, music auditioning type program that's not like uh, all these making people super famous just maybe in a more low-key way maybe we're all driving around on a bus and whoever gets on the bus gets to audition or something like that i don't know again it's that unfamous idea it's not about making a right. pop star with a lot of instagram and tweets but. yeah 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 very much so uh, but but like you said still bringing out the the potential that people would get really interested because there, there are these great stories yeah you know, I, I, I could I could think of a couple characters uh, down there on South Beach that, you know, somewhat homeless or not or whatever with them, you know, playing the music there. And, and you know, some of them are really good and some of them are a little out of tune. But, you know, there's a great story. Okay. In yeah. 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 It was a great story. <clears throat> So, so um, but going back to the photography thing for, I guess, uh, I'll, I don't want to take off too much of your time because I know you're, you're off to, uh, to go somewhere back to see your mom or something. Um, but, but like, would you, 
if you were about to shoot right now, w- would you bring up uh, any analog gear anymore? Or, or, and if you were shooting digital, what, what, what's your, what's your workflow? What would you be, how would you be working? So yeah, I always would love to have some analog gear, but the only time I'm ever going to really be doing that lately is, uh, like load in a little infrared film or something. Other than that, oh, cool. it's just so convenient that I'm just, I'm a sucker for convenience. But yes, going yes. to the island, yeah. Yeah. just using moonlight and doing crazy long uh, infrared exposures, you know, that kind of, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, wow. Awesome fun. Wow. So, you know, we, we'll get together and do that. We'll go to the Bahamas and find a uh, lone coconut palm tree on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. So you've worked with infrared before. I've never, I've never tried it. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Oh, so, wow. you know, we'll, wow. we'll, we'll get really funky and we'll, I don't know, bring colored filters with us or something. <laughs> and then, okay. So if you're working, uh, so I'm imagining you're still with like, say one of the Canon Mark something or others, you're still uh, doing the Canon stuff for digital. Uh, um, for, for digital. Yeah. There's good, the good yeah. old Canon uh, because I got the glass and uh, right. Right. You know, and I, right. I will put, I, We'll still put some Nikon glass on them. Uh, just like if I'm going to use a bellows, I have like a Nikon bellows. So I end up using Nikon glass, not because it has any superior qualities, but just because it's an easy fit. Uh, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, no, and my gear has not changed that much. I'm not a, I've mm-hmm. become less and less a gearhead because I let the people that I'm working for be the gearheads. So, you know, we're, yeah, yeah so we're, yeah. we're, trying to run, uh, you know, 4,300 Sony's with the big lenses and all that. But that's with my things. I'm still on that same, uh, 5d body. That's, I couldn't even, is, is there a way I can look on there and see how many, uh, thousands of, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where, think, where can I, I think where's so. the shutter count? Is that in the menu somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Cause no, yeah, I think you have to like plug the camera in and then just use any one of these things online. They can, uh, they can see. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine. Uh, so that, that guy's still, uh, still rocking out. That's, that's awesome. And then and would you, would you typically still use uh, Photoshop or Lightroom or, or any other uh, software things? Uh, no, really simple. Yeah. You know, Photoshop used to be, but you know, just not, hasn't been much lately. So Lightroom uh, works, but you know, but yeah, growing yeah. up with you, I mean, I, I still have, I still have the an original Apple, uh, you know, the, the, my first laptop, uh, yeah. And it has Photoshop like 1.0 on it. Wow. You know? well, it's like the G, it's, the G3. It's not. Wow. Well, wow. It's not, it's a, it's a, yeah. I, I believe it's a Model 170 or a Model 180 uh, laptop. You know, so I want to oh, say that's that. awesome. You know, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and I, don't, I don't even think I could turn. I think lately now I don't even, I don't even think the hard drive's spinning up. So maybe but if I get, okay. get it going. But, you know, I used to just turn it on just to so I could show you that it was a, you know, 1.0 Photoshop in there. Wow. Uh, wow. But yeah. Uh, yeah. My, no, I wish I, I'm not going to be too helpful in a modern workflow for you because I'm not dealing in volume, but uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. This would be great if awesome. this, you could have this podcast uh, have uh, photographs that were appearing on someone's screen as they were speaking. Is that uh, as yeah. I'm not a podcaster? Yeah. Is that, uh, is that something no, that but you that's could a- make happen? That's a great point. I'd, I'd I mean, love, I'd love the, this to be uh, fifty pictures I took that I could give you. Right, right. I mean, uh, no, that would be so. That would be so cool because because obviously I can I can link to stuff in the in the episode notes, but uh, but I totally agree because because there's 
you know, the, there, there is the whole thing of, uh, of, of breaking out, you know, your, your, your camera, uh, and shooting a, a video log, a so-called, you know, YouTube thing. Uh, but, uh, but I, I really like this idea of, uh, of just, uh, See, that's, you know, that's for just people a, that are into social media and that's, you know, where I know the podcast thing starts to dip into that water in a big way, but yeah, yeah. Like this becomes about viewership yeah and then it's then right and it's like you know how uh i'm not not to disparage in any way doing a a video log but but uh but uh, yeah i like the idea that you know um you could bring in these different voices from from uh different projects and and just uh play it through uh on a long commute or just just listen to it um but the uh the video thing yeah that's that's where um you know, I feel like you have to entertain a little bit more, <laughs> you know, uh, to, in a sense of, uh, you know, video cuts the radio <laughs> star. Yeah. Video. Besides, you know, yeah, I, I guess I just, uh, I figured this is, uh, uh, an easier way to just jump in. I, you know, I've got the mic there or we're making this call over the anchor app and it's just an, it's just such an easy way to just do it. You well, know? I fit um, my Budweiser and play my <laughs> Emerald guitar. Okay, everyone would know that was a phony scam since I'd never be drinking a Budweiser. Yeah. Yes. Good. Yes. No, no, rock on. Good deal. Chuck, Good I love check. it. It's awesome stuff. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about before we, uh, before we move uh, on? No, I, I think that's good. I think was it's a start for sure, and uh, yeah, we can come up with some more uh, some more topics uh, to to delve into for the next chat. You know, um, yeah, <laughs> love it, love it, man. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, Roger, yeah, I have a have an awesome time today uh, down there, and uh, here in uh, Jersey, everybody's freaking out over the heat. Uh, so we've got our you know, it's always hot and heat heat wave. We're, yeah, we're yeah, used to yeah. it. Everyone thinks we're crazy because yeah. we're used to it and we don't care. And actually, we like it. Just let your pores go. All right, man. <laughs> awesome hearing from you. All right, cool. And, uh, yeah. you know, bring it all back home.